Hi, this is Ed Hatt. Uh, today I'm going to read uh, Exodus 21 through 17. Uh, but before I do that, I want to do a quick recap of some things from Exodus 19 yesterday. In that passage, God reminded the people, You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. This, of course, was referring to the Israelites' deliverance from the Egyptians. And then later in that passage, it said that the Lord came down on Mount Sinai in a thick cloud with roaring thunder and flashing lightning, and the whole mountain shook violently. Obviously, the Israelites had an unforgettable encounter with the Almighty. So I want you to take a minute and say, hmm, have I ever had an unmistakable encounter with God? Or maybe has he delivered me in an incredible way? And sometimes when that happens in our lives, we think we're never going to really forget that, but as the pressures of life and time goes by, um, often we do, and we forget about how mighty his hand was and how powerful he was. So if you had one of those experiences, just take a, a second to recall that. Now let's read from Exodus 20. Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Honor your mother and father, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house, you must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. These verses start with a reminder for us. Jesus is the Lord your God who rescued you. Now if you say, mm, no he hasn't, um, I guess I'd say consider this. Could it be that he is coming to you now and he has prepared your heart for this very moment? so that he might rescue Hmm. So, if this is the case, why does God throw all these commandments at us? I guess I would ask, why does a parent give a teenager rules in a stern voice? Are they not for the good of that teen and given out of love, knowing that if they follow these commandments that things are going to go well for them? Now, I do think that there is a greater message in these commandments. This whole Exodus series has been called Journey to Freedom, 
And very early on, Jeff Steele talked about how these passages set the foundation for the New Testament and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, when I prepared for this teaching, I read the passage multiple times, and about the third time, I found myself being convicted of some of my sin in my life, and I'm like, wait a minute, Lord, this isn't what I signed up for when Durr sent me that email. Bottom line, I'm falling short. Then the Spirit reminded me, these commandments show us that we all fall short of God's perfection and are all in need of a Savior if we're to be reconciled to the Father. Do you notice back in Exodus 19 when the people told Moses that they would do everything the Lord commanded and Moses shared that with the Lord, that he didn't seem to even acknowledge Moses? Maybe the Lord knew well that the people could not and would not follow his commands. What if God is saying to you, or rather, what is God saying to you in this passage? It may be very different than what I'm teaching, but think about that a minute. What is he saying to you? Is the Holy Spirit convicting you where you fall short, or perhaps what needs to change in your life? Or are you feeling this sense of hopelessness and, and condemnation? If it's the latter, I wonder, do you believe that Jesus was born fully man and fully God, and that he put aside his deity and did not call on that power as God, but rather lived as a sinless man by the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, and then was willingly bleaten for our iniquities and shed his blood and gave his life by crucifixion for our sins, only to rise three days later from the dead so that we might find freedom from guilt and condemnation and that we might find freedom from sin's hold on our lives. Are you ready to be set free? Are you ready to be set free? Do you want the burden of sin lifted from your shoulders? Are you tired? Do you want to receive power to change your ways and see your life transformed? If so, even, even if you already call yourself a Christian, I guess Come into agreement with me right now and join me in your heart in this prayer. Now, before I ask you to be in agreement with me and join me in this prayer, I, I should tell you, what am I going to say in this prayer? And I guess I look back to a, a verse in John that says, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. So what this prayer really is about is, do you really believe what I said about Jesus coming to earth and willingly sacrificing his life and taking our sin upon us and rising from the dead. Are you accepting of that sacrifice and are you ready to, to surrender your life? I, I don't think I'm ever really ready to do that, but are you, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to start surrendering uh, so that you might actually believe and start coming to know God's word and speaking God's word and actually acting on his promises so that you might be resurrected, that your life might be transformed? If so, join me now in this prayer. Father, thank you for caring for me and shining your light on my sin. I cannot stand before you and I, I cannot overcome my sin in my own strength. I've, I've tried. Father, I want to be reconciled to you so that I might stand before you and I might be set free. 
Lord Jesus, I, I accept your sacrifice for me, and I want to start this process of surrendering my life to you. I want to believe, speak, and act on your promises. Resurrect me, Lord, and give me the, the power to change my life. In Jesus' name, amen.